When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of that footballing podcast after extra time. This week we've got chat, mostly wrong. We've got controversy, mostly greeny. And that unenviable question that plagues the minds of the world's smartest minds and bookmakers, can these three finally go through an episode where they agree? Uh, according to Skybet, it's odds on it won't. And the reason they've put is greeny. So, you know, good start uh, uh, already. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to introduce my fellow co-host, Mr. Adam Greeny Green and Mr. Jack Godfrey. How are we, boys? Very well, mate. How's things, Jacko? I'm I'm okay. Good. A lot, I, like the, stuff I, like, to get I like the intro- introduction, mate. It was very good. Yeah. Well, but, you um, know. I don't get how you put it down as me, mate, because Jack was in the wrong last week. Well, <laughs> I think we've gone through eight episodes. I think I can count how many times it's not been you. <laughs> yeah, every episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we, we might actually, uh, we might get away with it today. Um, to be fair, it was only since Jacko, uh, Jack's come in, Jacko, that it's happened, mate. It was nah, really nice and smoothly before it, he called. It was for the first episode, and then the second episode, you decided to be all controversial. Don't blame me. <laughs> okay, so um, before we get started, um, a usual rem- reminder: um, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google. Um, please nicely could you email us at uh, after extra time 2020 at gmail.com uh, and you can find us on Facebook where every week we have what I now call as the Facebook farce. Um, please get in touch, leave reviews, likes, dislikes and pass the pod to your friends, family, people who need a cure for insomnia, all that jazz. Um, right, lads, did we watch the cup final this weekend or were we both ignoring it? And I'm, I was watching it. I watched it. Yeah. Greeny? I did watch it, mate, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, how do we think it went? Did, was it a case that we felt, or well, I felt that Chelsea sort of sat back after the um, first drinks break and Arsenal seemed to take advantage? I mean, what did you make of it, Greeny? Uh, mate, I, I was quite surprised Chelsea never come out better than what they did. I mean, yeah, they got the early one, didn't they? Yeah. 
And then after that, Arsenal dominated, I thought, from mm. throughout the game, mate. I think Chelsea got that goal and thought that was going to be it. But yeah, I thought, I still thought Arsenal might have been for a shout because they'd done City over, didn't they? And, yeah. and, and they're now looking quite good under um, uh, oh, Arteta. Arteta. Yeah, I think he's got on play and he's starting to know what his full mm. side is. So uh, I weren't too surprised, but I thought Chelsea might have been a bit better than what they were, mate. What did you make of it, Jack? Yeah, Chelsea threw out the blocks, didn't they? And they started really well. Yeah. Um, they got their goal. And you thought, you know, this drinks break was needed by Arsenal because yeah. um, it was all Chelsea uh, in the first 20-odd minutes or so. Yeah. And then, like you say, after the drinks break, Chelsea seemed to just sit back. And I think Arteta might have said to Arsenal to push further up and start pressing. Yeah. Because having watched it... Um, in the first 20 minutes before the drink break, Chelsea were allowed to dictate the play. They were, they were, they were the ones doing the pressing. Mm. But after the drinks break, Arsenal came out and they played a lot higher up. They were pressing. Chelsea weren't allowed the time to play. And um, one thing I have to say, though, on the game, I thought the referee was very poor. Yeah, I've, I was going to come on to that. Yeah. Um, in, well, in, in a second. Touch um, on it in a minute. But like you say, during the game, I thought... Um, the way it started, I thought Chelsea were going to run away with it. But um, mm. after that drinks break, Arsenal just seemed to, you know, they crept back into it. And they were uh, unfortunate with the offside goal. Pepe scored a lovely goal. And yeah. then uh, the, the penalty was definitely a penalty. And I think from, from then on, it never really looked like Chelsea were going to get back in the game, even after half time and that. And, just, and obviously, the, we'll talk about it in a minute. The red card obviously made things a lot easier. But yeah, Chelsea never, never really seemed to get a foothold back in the game. And get on top again. Do you think that was because they, I, I know he seemed to sort of stick with the high pressing line that Lampard did for Chelsea. And there were a couple of times where Aubameyang and um, Maitland-Niles got over the top of Rhys James and Azpilicueta and their pace sort of gave them that edge. Do you not think that Lampard should have changed that after he'd seen it a couple of times? Yeah, I mean... It, it was highlighted during the the, the commentary, wasn't it? That down the yeah. left, that Arsenal would just seem to be just constantly going down that left and playing the ball over the yeah. top. And I was sat with a Chelsea fan, one of my mates. He's a, he's a uh, well, one of my best mates. He's he's a big Chelsea fan, and he was he was saying to me during the game how um, he was like, if I can see that ball down the left constantly and it's becoming an issue, he's like, why can't they on the yeah. coaching staff and why can't they on the pitch? He's like, surely. And it it was an obvious issue. You know, you've got Aspilicueta, who's a good defender, don't get me wrong, but he's not the quickest. And then, no. and then you've got Abemiang and Maitland-Niles, who just... It, it, and Tierney was playing some lovely balls down that wing as well. And it, it was mm. an obvious issue. And I just... If I was a manager, surely you'd do something to rectify that or yeah, just to flag that up, surely. I mean, it was clearly obvious from everyone. And it was just something that, that happened continuously and just wasn't picked up on by Chelsea. Right. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm going to switch my points around because I was going to talk about the Pulisic injury but I'm going to go on to the officiating should Kovacic have been sent off full stop not for the challenge that he got sent off for but do you think Taylor should have done something about it sooner because there were a couple of late challenges that Kovacic made after he got booked in the first half that you thought you've got to be careful here Um I know Jack's take on it wasn't a red card. Greeny, do you think it was a red card? Uh, it was an arse one, I must admit. Um, but I, I agree with you, mate. He, he made some daft challenges beforehand and I thought 
he should have been sent off previously before that. Um, but was there much? Was it? Well, it must have been minimal contact on that second. I thought if he would, well, if he even won the ball, I think he won it. Didn't the, he? the replay showed that Jack has stood on Kovacic, mm. and Jack has gone down like he's been shot. Mm. And what infuriated me about it, it was was a a stonewall version of the penalty that Fernandez got against Villa, where he stood on the lad's foot. He's gone down as if he's been kicked to high heaven and the referee's seen it the way mm. he, he has. I mean, how, how, as a sort of general topic, I know we've talked about VAR and VAR has been very lacklustre with giving everyone a bit of confidence that it's, it's right for the Premier League. What do you make of the officiating in England at the minute? Hmm. This is this is to both of you. Shit. <laughs> Short and sweet, Jack. Um, I think it's, I think the main thing for a lot of people is it's the inconsistency. Hmm. It's not the fact that it, yes, it has been bad, and I think at times it is very good, and then at times it's very bad, and it's just a case of finding that level where. We find out the medium between both, and I just think a lot of me and you touched upon in previous podcasts. VAR needs to be used in the way that it was used in that World Cup, and I think until it's used properly, it's going to become an issue for everyone. Because um, yeah, I know, I know the argument was that because it was a second yellow, they couldn't review it. Is that a case then that we need to look at how VAR reviews the decisions, and if it is? You know, sort of a stipulation where if it leads to a red card, if it's a second bookable offence, do they then give the referee a right to review it because I, they feel that I, I don't. that sort of challenge isn't a yellow card? Because it wasn't. Jack has stood on Kovacic's foot and Kovacic has won the ball. Yet Jack has feigned it to the referee and sold it and Taylor's I don't fallen. I get you there, mate, but I don't think, I don't think it would work, Jacko. Yeah. I, I, not, I, I do agree, but I just don't think it would work because then you're taking yeah. more you're taking more out of the referee again. I think it boils down to common sense with the ref. Now I don't know if you've seen it as much as I thought, but I didn't even realise he got sent off, or did he forget that it was on a yellow card because he's shown the yellow. And the next minute, no. Kovacic was off. So you think did he forget that he booked him? No, I don't think he'd forgotten. I think he was. I saw Kovacic's reaction. And obviously, when you're sent off as a player, you, you're frustrated because, you know, either you feel it, it wasn't a case that you should have been sent off or you're annoyed at yourself for making a challenge that's caused a red card. Mm. But I, I genuinely saw that Kovacic was, was infuriated with Anthony Taylor's decision because of how Xhaka had reacted to a challenge, which, I'll, I'll be honest, was a 50-50 challenge and Kovacic got there first. Mm. Um but, you know, as then, again, I, I did make the point that Kovacic was lucky to still be on the pitch at that time. There were a couple of fouls that I think most people would agree if he hadn't been booked beforehand, he probably would have got a yellow card for. Yeah. I, I think, boys, I think quickly, whilst we're still on talking about the referee before, during that period in the second half, Martinez has caught the ball and he's outside the penalty area. Yeah, hey, the ball was still in the area, though, Jack. Yeah, there's the body there's, was out, there's but one, the ball was in. There's one angle. There's one angle that shows Martinez out of the 18-yard area with the ball. Another angle shows it 
that he is. I just think that it's until you look at the, the issue for me is VAR didn't even look at that, and there wasn't even any replays. Yeah, they, the oh. VAR checked it out, mate. But there was as the game was going, they did check it out. It wasn't said on commentary though, and there was no replay shown though, Greeny, and it was the fact that that it happened and it wasn't. Mm. I, I get that. Yeah, I, I read this morning, mate. That it, did, it did get checked uh, why the game was being why the game were being played. I agree. That looked like a handball and a red card to me straight away. What, what was and that? It looked when you watch it live. Yeah, yeah. It, happened, it looked like a, it looked like an instant handball, didn't it? It wasn't. And I think also as well. I think Anthony Taylor just missed a lot of fouls. There was a lot of niggly fouls that I think. Toward, I think one that stands out for me is towards the end of the game, like the ninety third minute. Pedro was absolutely flattened on the edge of the box. Mm. And it just wasn't given. And there's a lot of times. Yes, where, yeah. There's a lot of times where you thought during that game, like that's a foul. Well, that wasn't a foul, and it, and just the inconsistency of it is was, was really bad. And whilst we're talking about refereeing, I know that, um, like you said, there's some good and some bad in the Premier League. But I don't know about you, Jacko, but in the Championship, there's a lot of. Re- I know I'm obviously talking about a different thing to obviously the Cup final and obviously something where there's not mm-hmm. AR, but. In the championship, I don't know what you feel about it, but there's a lot of very, very substandard refereeing, like really, yeah. really poor refereeing. Yeah, I mean there was the, the when when me and my dad have gone down to watch Millwall at the Den, if we haven't had to say anything about the referee, that to us is that he's had a good game. If at no point. Yeah, I, I know as a football fan you see a challenge, you get irate that the decision's been given. But you sort of look back at it and think, yeah, it genuinely was a foul. Um, but yeah, that's how we seem to measure our standard of refereeing, is that if we don't say anything, he's had a good game. But more often than not, as you say, it, it feels very substandard. And I do think, I know they put a lot, a lot of time and a lot of effort into getting these decisions. And yes, it's difficult because from our point of view, we think we're a better referee than the guy actually doing the job. And, you know, there's always going to be pressure on a referee to make the decision. He's only got a split second. He's got to make it. I mean, what, what do you think, Greeny? Because you do referee. Yeah. Do you think that enough is done to help the referees sort of on the field during the game and off the field as all training more? Uh, mate, there's a lot, like you, you've hit it on the head, mate. Referees have to do a lot. I mean, obviously, I'm a qualified ref and I'll ref myself, but it's it's difficult, mate. You've got to put yourself in their shoes. Now, it, as a fan, if you, I don't know, let's say Jack went to Derby and they gave Derby a penalty, what weren't a penalty, right? Mm. Would, would you then be complaining that you've had a penalty, what shouldn't be a penalty? Yeah. And then you go down the other end. Would it be the same? Would you be thinking that in a penalty when it is a penalty? To that, that's always... That's, I, I see where you're coming from because yeah. that's always... I mean, we, we had this conversation the other week, mm. I think, about a Leicester game. Mm. You know, that you as a fan, you're always going to be biased towards yeah. your team because it's your team. I thought, and when it, I suppose, the neutral sort of perspective side of it, mm. watching, say, a cup final or a Champions League final or a Premier League game, when your team's not involved, mm. you become sort of more neutral. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he had a bad game, though, Jacko. I mean, I thought Taylor, he weren't the best, but I don't think he had a bad game. I think when you say, when Jack tried elaborating on, oh, there was little niggly fouls, Jack's probably right in that respect. But as a ref, you don't want to keep stopping and starting the game. So I think what you're trying to do is is just level it out and be (sighs) a bit more consistent as in, right, well, yeah, you know. 
there were some stats that I saw on Twitter today. Mm. Chelsea had 14 fouls against them. Yeah. Arsenal had two. Mm. If if you're a referee yeah. and you keep seeing these niggly fouls, is that a case that you're not controlling the game well enough mm. and that you need to have a word with both captains and say, look, lads, I'm not being funny. You're ruining this game with how you're playing. Either shaping it up or I'm going to start booking people. Do you not say that to these players? To an extent, <laughs> yes. Uh, or you just whip your cards out from an early from an early minute and, and put yeah. set the example straight off. But I also read that uh, this happened in the game with Arsenal Chelsea in the last FA Cup final, and Anthony Taylor was the ref then and sent a Chelsea mm. player off then. Yeah. So <laughs> you know what I mean. So it's one of them. Yeah. But I think refereeing, mate. I, I don't want to touch on it too much, but I'm sure you you would know understand it as well as me. It's a difficult job, no matter if you've got yeah, VAR yeah. or linesmen. It's a hell of a job, mate. And I, I get abuse, mate, for some time. I agree well. Yes. I think, obviously, I play on on the weekend, obviously, as well as being, obviously, Derby fan and, obviously, just being a general football fan. And I think the issue with fans is not that they get decisions wrong, because we understand that referees are human. They're going to make mistakes. Mm. You know, it's just, like you say, it's a split-second decision. You know, you're not going to get 100% of the decisions right in a game. That's no. Obviously, that's impossible. Mm. But I think the one thing for me as a player and a fan is the inconsistency. That is the mm. one yeah, big yeah. thing for me is the inconsistency. And, uh, and, to, and it, mm. do you know what? Even, even me, not even playing on a, week, on a weekend, me playing on a, like, even on a, like a Monday night at six aside, mm. the things that, things that I rate me are, like I say, decisions obviously are going to be missed and decisions are going to be given. Mm. But just the inconsistency, mate. That's the one thing for, for me that infuriates mm. me every do you single mean, bit. Do you mean inconsistency in one referee, Jack? Or do you mean it overall as a as a thing, like referees are inconsistent? I think just generally, mate. I think, obviously, some referees are worse than others. So, um, if I can come I back in on that quick, is I get that point. I totally get it. However, every every referee, like I've worked with many refs, Every referee will have a different uh, opinion in tackles or challenges. So I could see a tackle where I think he's won the ball there and another referee could think that's a dangerous tackle, that's a booking or a red. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, quite, I wouldn't quite say inconsistent, but I just think probably referees need to be a bit more trained on, on these tackles or on the foul throws or keepers picking it up outside the area. I think they just need to be a bit more in it together. I think, yeah, I think you saying that, I think maybe, and maybe this is like a a general thing, maybe referees should see it from a player's point of view and should understand that and vice versa, players should see it from a referee's point of view. Yeah, totally, mate. I mean, it boils back to when we spoke about the other day, I can't remember what game it is, and you said, uh, I think Jacko asked you, Jack, was that a red card? And you've said yes. And he's asked me and I've said no. So there again, it's a cross opinion. Oh, that was the Burnley. Was that the Burnley Norwich game? Yeah, where we, where he won the ball, but he got Wendy, sent off for the Wendy Wendy. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah and that's a, yeah, that's yeah. a great example for us now. It's yeah, yeah. There was there was me saying no. There was Jack saying yes. Jack was saying yes because the way it went in. I'm saying no because he still won the ball. And then, yes, he has followed through, but probably a booking at Mac. So there there it is again. Inconsistency of me saying no, you saying yes, and that's probably the same line as a referee. So yeah, Kevin's friend yeah. sent him off. Anthony Taylor, mate, might have thought, he has won the ball. It's not a red. I'm going to give him a yellow. 
But I think when it comes down to consistency, yeah, there's there's some like laws that everyone should follow by and abide by, and it's just like sometimes I just don't feel. I get I get the laws, mate, and I'm sure Jack will agree with me. Here, but obviously, going on about you saying you have to abide by these rules, mate, but it's, you could use COVID nineteen as an example where people yeah. aren't following the guidelines, Jack, and then some are. So, do you see where I'm putting that together? Yeah, I just think uh, it, obviously I, I get it from both points of views, and, it, and, and it's a position that. No one wants to be in really. The ref being a referee is is a, mm. is a tough is a tough gig wherever you are, whether you're in the Premier League or you're refereeing in a local league, and it's it's not a position that. I mean, when I get called a wanker, mate, I let that go because that's that's lovely. For, I love it. Yeah, but I think <laughs> you, you, as a referee, sometimes you've got to understand the frustration of a player. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes it's the heat of the moment, that sort of thing, etc. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sorry, Jacko, we took over your show there. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. No, gen- genuinely, for the first time in about three episodes, I've enjoyed the chat we've had. It's it's been quite <laughs> quite reserved. Um, right. So we've obviously discussed the officiating. Um, Pulisic and Aspilicueta going uh, or getting hamstring injuries. How big a blow is that for Chelsea, Jack? I think Aspilicueta is probably not as big a blow as Pulisic. He's still a blow nonetheless. Um, he's been ever-present in that Chelsea team throughout the years. He's skipper. Um, he's reliable. Obviously, I know he was getting, you know, run, run ragged a little bit down that left-hand side. But I think throughout the season, he's been, like like I've said, you know, he's been ever-present. Um, and he's a skipper. He's a big influence in that Chelsea team, especially when you've got a lot of the young lads in that side. Um, the Pulisic one, however, is, is massive. Um I'm not saying he would have won Chelsea that game. I'm not saying they would have got a result with him on the pitch, but there's always a chance with him on that on that pitch. Um, he can make things happen. He can create things out of nothing. Um, and without him, with him going off so early on in that second half, it was always going to be tough for Chelsea to find a creative outlet um, without a player of his his standard on that pitch. Um, and I think hopefully for both of them, it's not a a long injury. Hopefully they'll be they'll be fit come the start of the new season, which I'm sure they will be with a hamstring injury. But hopefully there's no long-standing injuries or anything that's going to keep them out for the foreseeable. Okay. Um, going on to Arsenal, Greeny, mm. um, how big was this in terms of um, keeping players because they've now got Europa League football mm. and sort of in terms of recruitment? Because obviously I know we, we've we've discussed it a lot since the restart, that there are a lot of areas that Arsenal need to work on. I know, and I agree with you, which is scary, that I, I think Arsenal are becoming a better side. I think Arteta's sort of, as you said, he's found his starting eleven. Um But how big is that for them, sort of, behind the scenes going forward? Uh, mate, uh, it was a massive result. I mean, not just for our, uh, the, the squad, but for uh, Arteta. I think he had a point to prove. He's got his first trophy. Is it going to get players in? Mm, I wouldn't like to say because it's again Europa League. Same as what I'm touching on Leicester, it's knackered us up probably to keeping the bigger players because everyone wants to play in Champions League football. Um, mm. But it's it's a stepping stone for Arsenal, mate. Again, I I wouldn't write them off next year. But I feel if they didn't win yesterday, then they probably would have lost to Bamiyang and probably mm. their better players. But I think now. He might just be able to sneak and out, keep hold of them for a bit, but it's tough, mate. I think they're still in Europa League, aren't they? No, they got oh, knocked out by Olympiacos. Sorry, yeah, so they're out of that. So 
that, that's what I mean. That's yeah. why I th- that's why I asked uh, how big is that because yeah. obviously they they lost the chance to to get Champions League qualification next season because obviously they lost. The yeah, league excuse after. me. Yeah, so yeah, it was massively, mate. I mean, what would you have said, mate, if they had lost that game? Would it have been a poor season for Arsenal? Um, it's difficult. They've obviously had a change of management. The the lockdown has helped nobody. So I think it's it sort of halted any sort of chance of keeping that keeping that form or keeping that run that was going. Obviously, as we said at the beginning of this podcast, it was sort of a ten game mini season. Mm. Um, I think I'd like to think it's done enough to sort of keep a Bamiyang round for another season. Um, I think if he goes, I know Lacazette. They were talking about Lacazette and a contract offer for him. And that he was saying that regardless of what Aubameyang was doing, he was always sort of prepared to stay at Arsenal. Um, but I, I just feel it. If you've got European competition to play for, and it gives you a chance to get into the Champions League, I, I think it's still a, a, a lucrative spot compared to say someone like Wolves who have missed out. Mm. I know we said earlier. I know we said in in previous episodes that at the moment Wolves were a better side, but you know. There is, there is concession to sort of sit there and think that Arsenal, if they start well at the beginning of the next season, they could be looking as a, a sort of Euro, European competition. I think, yeah, uh, you're totally right. Challenge. I mean, if you look at them now, I'd probably class them, mate, as a top four team. Now, I'm only going off, I'd only class them that off of the recent results. And they beat Chelsea in the Cup, won it, and they beat Man City. Yeah, I mean that's two big sides who are in the top four. So possibly you could class them as a top four team. They beat Liverpool. Oh, no, beat. Say that again. Beat Liverpool as well. Yeah, so there's three teams out of the top four. They're, but they're an three. argument to that is their first game. I know it was the first game back, but they did lose to Man City at the Etihad. Yeah, and they lost to Villa. And they lost to Villa. Was that when um, Emery was in charge? No, no, this was after the restart. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. There is that point to tech as well, yeah. Did they take them teams more likely, uh, lightly, or as eventually, like I said earlier, has he now found a side what he thinks this is a side I'm going to stick with every game? What What do you make of it, Jack? Do you see Arsenal as one of those teams in and around the top four, top six next season? I think possibly not top four, maybe top six. Yeah. I think... The issue with Arsenal is, and probably has been the last couple of years, is inconsistency. Yeah. Um, like you say, they they got the scabs of Man City and Liverpool, but obviously, I'm not. I can't remember if Liverpool won the league or not. Um, and then, obviously, the circumstances with no fans, etc., had that played a part in those results. Um, yeah, they got a good result against Chelsea. Obviously, Chelsea had ten men for large part of that second half and no Pulisic and stuff but there's, there's no excuses they've got some good results but as I said I think inconsistency is their issue and has been over the last couple of years I think they've always been a, you know they've always been a really good passing side um, they've got some really good attacking players but as I've touched on time and time again I think their defence is the main issue yeah. here um, yeah. but I think you can you can see some positives under Arteta mm. um, there's some signs of hope um, I know we slated him over the last couple of weeks, David Luiz, but he's bounced back, to be fair to him. And yeah. I think another mention for Shaka, you know, he had a time where he fell out with a club, didn't he, a couple of weeks ago, mm. a months ago, and he's 
Um, it looked like he wasn't going to play for Arsenal again, and he's come back. At, um, and he's he's played quite well. He's another one who I probably won't be the biggest fan of, but again, um, I think if they can sort of find a bit of form and defend a lot better than they have done, obviously last couple of games have been pretty. They, I wouldn't say they've been good, but they've been fairly solid defensively. But if they can sort that out, then there's no reason why they can't push for the top four. I think top yeah. four is slightly. It's not unrealistic, but it's a it's a it's a bit of a reach for them. I, I think, think top, I think top six is realistic for them. I think you missed out a key player in that in that team there, Jack. What's that? A Bemiang? No, Martinez, mate. I think since he's come in to replace Leno, mate, they've been a different they've been a different side. Yeah, he he has been good, mate, and he's looked he's looked decisive, which is what you want in the goalkeeper. Yeah, he you know he can shot stop. He can kick a ball, you know. He can he pass a ball. He can come out and collect corners, etc. He can, yeah. And, and that's what you want in a goal. You want a confident goalkeeper. I think a confident goalkeeper is a key thing. If you if you haven't got someone that doesn't do that, then it doesn't fill your back four or your back five with hope. And then it all stems from there. And you, you know, but I think, like you say, I think them getting European football was key to them getting certain players to stay. I think them keeping a Bemiang is massive. If he's there, there's always there's always a chance, you know. He's. I'm not saying Arsenal are going to uh, win the league or finish top four, but I just think, I think top six is realistic. If they finish in the top four, that's a very good season for them next season. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, that's that's the FA Cup discussed. We're going to um, talk about uh, a couple of the managers in, uh, in and out this week. Um, I'll start with you, Greeny. Mm-hmm. Eddie Howe. Yes. Um, I know I touched on it last week's episode that there was talk that he wasn't going to stay around. Yeah. Obviously, it's now been confirmed as of sort of last night that he's gone. Was that a surprise to you? Not really, mate. I've, I think we touched on it a few pods ago, didn't we? That he could yeah. he could end up going. I mean, mate, I think Bournemouth now, mate, are going to struggle like mad without yeah. Eddie there. And you could see... Another Bournemouth like Stoke, it could be just fighting the relegation spots for next season. I was going to say that that was that was one of my questions. Do you see that Bournemouth could sort of plummet, become a Sunderland, become a Bolton? Yeah, I think become they become a lead from the sort of mid two thousands. Yeah, I think they um, will, mate. To be honest, and I think now he's gone, I think you're going to see after squad follow. Yeah. Um, for you, Jack, what if you were sort of in Eddie Howe's position, would you? Would you take a break or would you sort of reinvent yourself sort of further down the league? Sort of start, not necessarily start again from where Bournemouth were, but say maybe take a league one side and, and sort of restart yourself and, and build your confidence back up. Because surely with everything that he's done, he's got to be proud of his achievements. But you've, you've got to sort of sit there and think that maybe over the last sort of 18 months, he's lost a bit of confidence in how to manage a football team. Yeah, I think he can definitely be very proud of, of where he took Bournemouth from. Um, he's, he's done a fantastic job there. But I think, like you said, I think over the last probably 18 months, he probably has lost a little bit of confidence and, he's, and he has had a tough job on his hands. I think, personally, for me, if I was in his shoes, I would take six six months, a year off, just have a bit of time out from football, um, enjoy being out of the game for a while, 
and then maybe reevaluate um, in a year's time and, and see where things are at, see what job offers are available, um, and then go from there. I don't think him jumping back in at the minute is is, is the best thing for him to do. Yeah. I think a little bit of time out for him, possibly you know like have have a, have a step back, see what he wants to do, see where he wants to go with his career. Does he want to like you say go down the leagues again, or does he want to be a Premier League manager again? I think. I just think a break for him would be would be ideal now. He's in a very stressful and in the spotlight last sort of six months or so. And I just think, have a break, yeah. take stock, see where you're at in a year's time, six months' time. Sorry, think. Jack, but I'm going to have to do a kundi on you. Here we go. <laughs> it didn't take long, did it? Half an hour. Well, no, to be fair, I, I, I had put in my notes, and I'll, I'll send a picture of this on our group chat. I had that uh, Greeny was going to cause issue over the Kovacic red card. I didn't see it with the Eddie Howe bit. So, uh, uh, they got their greenie. No, I just, I don't, I don't think it would be the right option for him to have a year out. I really don't. Yeah, I think he's got to jump straight back in board and go again, mate. Because if he takes a year out, you see these managers take a year out and then you either don't come back in a job or they end up with a lower league club. Mate, he's a Premier League manager. Don't be downhearted, mate. Mate, they lost out by, what, two points and they've won, they've won a good game last game of the season. Uh, he's got a good result over Leicester so he'll picking up form but the form just w- weren't enough to keep him there because there weren't enough games left yeah so I feel give him another shot at another team and he'll be fine but I wouldn't take a year out personally I think he'll come Where, straight, pick it, straight back what in What would you do? Because uh, you know there's a lot of question marks over some of the transfers that he's made at Bournemouth yeah. that were inevitably flops Yeah I agree. You know would you would you know if you were a chairman, would you want someone in charge of a club that does that? Yes, I, I would. I'd take him I'd, if I had more money than what the Bournemouth club had. I reckon yeah. if you give him a bigger a, a bigger budget, he'll know what players he wants. But the thing, I think the thing is, he had a small budget, so he just tried to work off that small budget to see who he could get in. And I think I think you give him a good job, mate. You he'll, he'll surprise you, but I just. Uh, sorry, I disagree with Jack on the timeout. Okay, um, Harry Kill Jack has has gone to Oldham. Um, obviously, there's been a load of there's been a bit of issue issue with Oldham and their managers. Obviously, Scholes was there for a while. He left under sort of cloudy skies with contracts and payments and stuff like that. Is is that a good move for Harry Kill, or do you think he probably should have looked at something? A bit different because obviously I believe he was at Crawley Town for a while. I know he didn't have a, uh, an overly successful period there. What, what do you make of it? Give me a bit of a stinker here. Um, <laughs> like you say, he, had a, he didn't have the best of times at Crawley. Um, this the issue with you know sort of ex pros going into management. You never really know what sort of how they're going to perform as a manager. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you look at his track record as, as just a manager at Crawley, then yeah, he probably should be looking at sort of Oldham esque jobs. You know, you can't. I think a lot of times, sometimes you base an ex pro as a manager on their player achievements. Yeah, that's probably not always the way to go. I know, obviously, they've got pedigree of winning, etc., and he was a good player and stuff like that. But you've got to learn your trade as a manager now. You know, you, you've had your time as a player. Um, maybe he could potentially grab a job in the championship or could have gone for a job in the championship. I'm not sure he's a Premier League manager, especially with the experience no. to his name. I think maybe even championships may be a push for him because he's not really got a lot of management jobs on his CV. 
but yeah, like you say, it should be interesting to see what he's like at Oldham. Um, I'm not sure. I think, did they finish near the bottom last season? Uh, I think, I think they I think they were fighting for relegation. So, well, well, while we're just having a quick look at that, uh, Ita Karank has gone to Birmingham. What, what do we make of that? Again, it's I'm quite I'm a bit of a fan of Karanka. Um I wanted him at Derby a couple of years ago. Um, I think he did a good job in Middlesbrough. I think that could be a good appointment for Birmingham um, if they can try and use that Bellingham money wisely. Um, I, I, I see no reason why Birmingham. I don't, I'm not going to say they're going to sh- in for a sweep with the playoffs, but I think they'll probably finish a lot higher than they did this season. They definitely shouldn't be fighting for relegation. If he, if he can try and use that money and get some decent players in, he's a good manager. And I think Birmingham have got a bit of a scalp there. Yeah. Um, just just quickly going back on to, to Oldham. They finished uh, 19th on 41 points and Crawley finished on 48 points and 13th. So, you know, just quickly going back to Kiola Oldham, Greeny, do you mm. think that's a tougher challenge for him? Yeah, I'll give him six months. I think he'll be sacked. I mean, his, yeah. his Crawley record weren't great. I think the only reason Oldham are talking, mate, is because everyone else don't want it. I mean, yeah. I think people are put off by it. You touched on it, mate, with Scalzi. He probably was a great appointment, but again, money. And I think there's been about six, seven managers in there in about the last two or three seasons, mate. So Yeah, they have. Yeah, been. so it's, it's one of them clubs, I think, Kjell, if he, if he comes out and does good, he'll get a bigger job. If he doesn't, mate, I think his managerial career is not going to be great. Being honest, I don't think he's a manager, to be honest, mate. It, what, it, more of a coach? More of a, I was just about to say that, mate. Yeah, I think he's more of a coach level and just have someone else to do the management side and let him coach it. I mean, because he's worked with some great managers in his career and he was a fantastic <laughs> player. So maybe, like, yeah, a coach, a midfield coach. But, yeah, give it six months, I think he'll be out the door, mate. Well, we're, we're going to go on to probably the more controversial point of the night. Sheffield Wednesday got a 12-point uh, deduction uh, for failing to to keep to the profit and sustainability margins of the financial fair play. Now, that, that deduction's been taken into next season and there's been a lot of a lot of heated debate on, on why the EFL done that. Now, I want to ask Jack this because obviously he's a championship fan and, and Derby were in the same sort of situation as Sheffield Wednesday. Do you think the likes of Charlton, Luton, Wigan have been done over by the EFL not sorting this out this season? Yeah, 100%. <clears throat> I know um, Charlton were aggrieved uh, with it. I saw on Twitter that they were they're going to go to court with it or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, this issue with Sheffield Wednesday has been going on for a large part of the season. Um, mm. And I know Derby... I think it started off in about October time last year. Exactly. So it's, it's near on, obviously not a year, um, but almost a year. And we, me and you obviously touched on it again with the, with, the, with, the, with the Wigan thing. And I think the the longevity in these sort of cases and the fact that they last so long from the EFL, something needs to be done in order for them to be sorted out sooner. Yeah. The fact that it's lasted almost a year is... It, Realistically, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. I know there's still uh, question marks over the Derby thing. Um, we're not. I don't think we're fully in the clear with it. You know, we might 
who knows in a couple of days a week a month we might end up with with a point deduction like Sheffield Wednesday so we're we're not fully out of it I personally I'm not too sure that we'll get one well I hope we don't um but I mean I can't be sure I just think there's so much cloudiness and again inconsistency over the AFL and they're so I don't understand why a decision like that should have to take 10 months an investigation should not it doesn't need to take that long it really doesn't um going I'll ask I'll ask Greeny this question because I want to steer away from you being a Derby fan the reason if if hypothetically Greeny the Mm. AFL do not give a 12 point deduction to Derby Mm. Is that a case that Derby are deemed a more an attractive club at this moment in time than Sheffield Wednesday are? Yeah. And they don't want to cause issues with sort of, I wouldn't say higher reputable teams in the Championship, but teams that are likely to. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know, look more positively on the footballing side of things. Than, yeah. Say Sheffield Wednesday. Mate, you're spot Sheffield on. Wednesday had trouble this season. Yeah, you're They sp- haven't looked. No, um, Jack, and- you're spot on, mate. I mean, if Derby don't get this deduction, I want to know why, because I've read into both and they've both been at it. Yeah. Uh, you can look at the likes of they've got Rooney, the big names, the Derby County, you've got history as much as Chef Wednesday's got history. And it falls down to Man City when they got reinstated in the Champions League. Yeah. And it's because they're a big name. Now, Derby are a big name in the Championship and I'll probably class Derby a bigger name than Chef Wednesday in the Championship. Yeah. Um, but I feel... If Chef Wednesday have got that deduction, surely Derby have got to have that deduction as well, and take some bottle, mate, and give it and give them both the squads uh, the deduction. But going back on what you were saying to Jack, was it fair? Was it fair on Charlton and and, and Jack was saying the investigation needs to be quicker. I agree in that respect, but maybe there weren't enough from enough evidence at the time for him to put that in place. And then you know, if you if you was a Chef Wednesday fan. And then that got put in now, like it has done, you'd be happy with it. If Chol- Obviously, Cholton are not happy with it. And vice versa, if it was on Cholton and they got minus 12, and Chef Wednesday yeah. went down, Cholton fans would be happy with it. So it's, mm. it's, it's a no-win, isn't it? One team's yeah. going to kick a stink up no matter what. So I think doing it now is probably sensible and let them start with minus 12. If they've done it now... So, it so, so, so you think it's better for the AFL to have done it for the start of next season or for the 2020 Yeah, I think it's best now to do it for the 2021 season now, mate. Yeah. I think But do you not go on. do you not think that because the investigation has gone on for so long, regardless of why it's taken so long, mm. do you not think that because the investigation was done for this season, mm. points should have been added for this season? We're gonna have gone into administration this season. Mm. And they were basically told you're either getting relegated with the points deduction now or you're getting points deducted off you. So they, they've given them an ultimatum. I know it was an either-or situation, but they could have just said, OK, we're not going to add the points deduction now. We're going to do it at the beginning of next season, like they could have done with Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, you've got a great, so, great point. You know, surely the AFL should have done something similar to Sheffield Wednesday. And if, hypothetically, Derby had deducted it as well, they should have done the same thing to them. Yeah, you know. you've, you've got a great point, mate. And I, and I really I haven't got an answer for that. But you're probably right. I probably would have given everyone minus 12 at the start of the season. Yeah. That's, um... yeah. Go, going on from that, Jack, how do you think the AFL will deal with this scrutiny that they've created by, by because of the points deductions that they've done? How do they rescue this? 
I, I don't think they can rescue it, to be honest, uh, Jacko. I just there's t- there's time and time again where they've come into scrutiny. You know, they come into scrutiny with the Wigan thing. Um, and I, 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 personally, for me, the issue was there with the Wigan thing. It wasn't even to do the Sheffield Wednesday thing, and that just throws even more pressure and, like you say, scrutiny on them. I just I don't mm. think they'll do anything to rectify it. They won't. There's nothing that they can. So, do Jack, do. yeah, as a Derby fan, and you was. 12 points off relegation. Yeah. And you're going to get 12 points deducted. And they said, we're going to give you it at the end, uh, the start of the next season. Yeah. Would you be happy with that? Or would you have rather took the point deduction and got relegated? I mean, obviously, I'd rather not get relegated. But... There, that, there's the point. Yeah. To get what I mean. Yeah. Obviously, it's a head and heart situation, isn't it? You, you go with the fact that you're not going to get relegated. But then at the same time... There's a set of rules and you need to abide by them. But the fact is, the minute in football, the, the rules don't matter clearly in some circumstances because a lot of a lot of teams, not just in England as well, you've seen Barcelona and I don't know who else. But, obviously... but in hindsight, I'll ask Jacko this as well. Obviously, Charlton have gone down. Now, Charlton have obviously played piss poor for how many games to be relegated? So, what difference would it have made if, if obviously they would have stayed up? But do you think it's? I think it's right because they play piss poor. They're in relegation for a reason. So, surely that's fair. That Chef Wednesday start on minus twelve next year. Yeah, I, I can see your point. You know, mm. it, it, as we've said before, the table doesn't lie. Mm. The 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 query or the the question that I have, and I, I've seen a lot of people ask the same question on Twitter is why on earth they've done this to Wigan mm. this season, yet they've allowed the situation with Sheffield Wednesday and potentially a situation with Derby start from next season. Why didn't they just say, mm. oh, they've done with Sheffield Wednesday, they've gone to Wigan, you're in administration, the season's two games away from ending, it's going to be 12 points deducted from your next season. And then Charlton really don't, have a leg to stand on. That Yes, they've been poor, but the decision's been taken out of their hands. Whereas now, it's come down to a case where Sheffield Wednesday have been given their points deduction from next season, yet Wigan have had theirs. So Charlton have, have got every right to ask the question, well, hold on a sec, you've done it for one club and not the other. Why, why have you done it that way? Do you reckon it's because of administration, obviously money-wise and stuff like that, so it gives them time? They take the deduction now. Wouldn't it be easier? Rather, it's Chef Wednesday in, in administration, are they? No, but they've still breached financial fair play. Mm. That's that's the problem. Both teams, I wouldn't say. Okay, I wouldn't say we're going to breach financial fair play by going into administration. They've just been run by some shoddy owners mm. who've made every deal look dodgy. You know, Chef Wednesday have breached financial fair play through this season. Yeah. Yeah. Because of what they've done. So mm. therefore, in my opinion, their points deduction should have been taken off this season. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I you mean, uh, if, if, Jacko, if, if Chef Wednesday, when they get this deduction, do you think Derby should get a, a deduction as well? Yeah, it's one of those situations, and this, this is harsh and Jacko, no, but I, I, I have to agree with that because mm. if they, you know, the way I read it, they've done something similar to what Sheffield Wednesday have done. Mm. And Sheffield Wednesday have been deducted 12 points. Therefore, Derby have gone down the same road. Mm. They can try and, Mel Morris can try and spin it whichever way he wants to do it. But if it looks, 
similar to how Sheffield Wednesday have acted, then yeah, they need yeah. their deduction as well. Again, yeah. for me, if if they don't, it then puts another nail in the EFL's coffin with how they deal with these things because you ask the question, well, it's similar to Chef, what Sheffield Wednesday have done. Why not are they been mm. sort of charged? But then it, it, I, I go back to my point of do people see or do the AFLC derbies are more of an attractive side than Sheffield Wednesday do yeah. in regards to the, what football they want to promote in the championship? Not on the field, not off the field. I mean, if they had a 12-point deduction, Jack, I mean, how, what, do you, what do you fancy your chances as? Well, it's, it's obviously... A massive disadvantage, isn't it? You, you're basically four games behind, and if you win your first four games, you're not even on any points. So, it, it's a, I don't know. I think it probably not. It's hard to say, isn't it? Depending on on how we start and how we play throughout the season. It's, in hindsight, you can't really say anything. But I think it would give us a you know a really tough chance of. Do you reckon if you did go down, you'd keep the likes of Wayne Rooney? I don't think we'll go down, to be honest. 100%. Uh, maybe if we did go down, we'd lose a lot of big names. But I can't I can't see us going down. I think even, even if we do have a points deduction coming, I don't think we'll be struggling down the bottom end of the season. I think um, the bottom half of the table, sorry. Um, I think we'd struggle to get in the playoffs if we got that point deduction. I think that would really, really put us up against it. Um and I want us to be finishing in the top six this this upcoming season, but I, I don't think we'll be struggling down the bottom half of the table. I think it will it will really test us to get in the top six, though. I think that'll really really hamper us. Obviously, I've got one for you, Jacko. Quick, I know it's your show, but just I just mm. a bit of a query here. So, if, if next year you finish twelve points above relegation, so you're just scraping it, mm. and Derby don't get this deduction, will you be pissed off? Um, let's say 12 points would have kept you out of it and then Derby you know what I mean Derby are level but it, you're it's dropped a, in it's a situation it's it's something similar to what you said about Charlton mm. if we've been that poor mm. then we probably deserve to go down mm. it will I, I will always even if because obviously every team goes into the start of the season thinking they're going to win the league Every everyone does regardless mm. of how crap they are everyone has that little minute optimism that they're going to win the league. Mm. So if if Derby don't get their point deduction, mm. I will ask the question straight away, why not? Mm. But then if after 46 games, Mill will have been that poor, the 12-point the deduction is basically null and voided. I, I can't argue about it because we've been poor. Poor, yeah. Fair, fair comment. Yeah. You know, I, I don't... I, I I don't think I'd see us um, going. I don't think I'd see us how we were sort of last season, where we were sort of fourth and bottom. I, I think if we have a poor start to the season, we could probably be sort of lower mid table. Um, I think what would infuriate me more was if we were in a similar situation to how we are now, and Derby were in the playoffs, and if they hadn't been deducted their twelve points, we would have gone in the playoffs instead of them. Mm. I think that would infuriate me more because it it does seem to rub salt in the wounds. Yeah, it's a bit like the uh, League One League One playoffs, isn't it? When people yeah. were finishing sixth and they've dropped to eighth and Wickham got in. Yeah, 
but again, this is all a hypothetical situation. Yeah. Um, I, uh, while we're in the championship, I just want to quickly move on because I'm super excited for our main topic. But the championship playoffs, um, will Fulham go into it expecting a win or will Brentford go back to their sort of performance that they had against them in the game after the restart and um, think that they've got a chance of winning it, Greeny? Uh, mate, you can't, I can't even go on form on this because Fulham looked poor against Cardiff mm. and Brentford looked shit hot, so, but yeah. vice versa in the first leg. So I think, mate, if I had to put money on it, I'd have to go for a draw and it's going extra time. And yeah. I think Fulham might just sneak it on, on penalties. There we go. There's my prediction. What about you, Jack? What have you got? Um, I fancy Brentford. Yeah. I think... I think do you know what? I know it's hard to say, but I think the pressure's actually on Fulham going into the final. Um, yeah. I think Brentford obviously have been like the form team, and obviously I know they tailed off towards the end of the season, and, and then it motion. But I just I don't know. I think there's something there was a bit of fight in that performance against Swansea in the second leg. Yeah. You saw the actual Brentford that had been playing since the restart, and yeah. you actually saw. You know, we, we questioned them, didn't we? We said they've not won a couple of games, they looked a bit shaky, and they came out and played like they have been playing. Um, mm. And Fulham in the second half of that second leg were a little bit shaky, you know, kind of been lucky not to to take the tie to extra time. And I, I don't know, I just, I, for me, I feel like the pressure's with Fulham. You know, they, I feel like Brentford are kind of, not so much the underdogs, but I just feel like the pressure seems to be on Fulham. Uh, yeah, I think if Brentford can Brentford can kind of play their own football and kind of dictate that game. But I think, like Green says, I think it could be a really tight game. Um, I'm hoping yeah. it'll be a really like sort of end to end game. Um, both sides can play really decent attacking football and that. But I just, if I had to go with a prediction, Brentford two one. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I'm, I'd like to see Brentford. It's it's that old romantic start, you know. The, the last season at Griffin Park was their chance of winning promotion up to the Premier League. I'd love to see Brentford do it, but then I think uh, I think Fulham have to expect it because they've because of how much money they spent trying to stay up last season, and it didn't work. There is that massive sort of hangover above them that they have to go back up at the first attempt. Um, so yeah, I, I think. I think it's going to be a tough game, um, but I, yeah, I'd like to see Brentford do it. Yeah, I, I agree with you, mate. I, I, I'd love to see Brentford in the Premier League. I think uh, I'm not. I, I don't dislike Fulham or anything like that. But nothing against Fulham, but I just think uh, Brentford for me would be. Uh, it's like a fairy tale. It's a little bit like the Bournemouth sort of going up when they got promoted. Yes, it's that sort of. When I say small club, I don't mean who they are. I just mean that you know they've got a small ground. Not a massive fan base. No one expected them to get promoted this season. And yeah, like you say, it's sort of the uh, be a fairy tale for them to go up and get them in the Premier League. I think it'd be interesting to see how they got on as well if they did get promoted. Yeah, I have a funny feeling that I think they might be like a Norwich, um, but I hope not. Um, just quickly, we're gonna we're gonna take a short break after this point, um, purely for the fact that Greenies running out of juice on his phone again. Um, <laughs> SPL has returned. Um, I know we didn't discuss a lot of it 
for today. Um, but Rangers beat Aberdeen and Celtic uh, comfortably beat Hamilton. Um, I, I, I know I'll take the obvious question out of the way that it's probably going to be those two for the title again. Do you think, um, Jack, that, that Celtic are, are pretty much going to win their 10th in a row? Or do you think Gerrard's going to be able to magic something up this season to, to put, uh, you know, put a stamp on that? I'd love to say Celtic aren't going to win the league. I, I don't like Celtic. much prefer Rangers. Um, yeah. I just can't see Celtic not winning the league. I think the, the issue with Rangers last season was, again, inconsistency. Mm. Um, they were up there with Celtic, you know, and then they just they had a couple of fixtures where they just they just didn't perform. Um, and they just, especially the, the old firm games, they, where they didn't get the results against Celtic. And I think they're sort of games that are going to sway the league. And um, you know, Rangers and Celtic should should be comfortably beating everyone else in that league. Yeah. Um, and if you don't win your old firm fixtures, then you're going to struggle to win the league because I think they're the they're the points they're the games where you have to pick up points and the other team doesn't. Whereas a lot of the time, Celtic will win and Rangers will win and they'll both pick up points. And there's, there's, it's very rare that both teams drop points really. Mm-hmm. So as much as I'd like Celtic to uh, not win the league. Um, I think they will. I think they'll do ten in a row, and uh, it's, a sh- it's a shame because I'd, I'd, lo- I'd love to see Rangers win the league. But I think whilst we're on the Scottish League quickly, I think it'd be a real shame to not have an old firm game with any fans. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not a massive Scotland football fan or Scottish football fan, but the atmosphere at, at the old firm games are just—it's just psychotic. It genuinely is. Um, and I think that is a big blow for Scottish football. The fact that it's back, but they've got no fans. Um, okay, well, what we'll do... Um, are you there, Greeny? I am, mate, yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. I didn't know if you'd cut off or not. Um, <laughs> no. What, what's your prediction for the SPFL title this year? Oh, mate, it's got, it's got to be a Celtic 10th. Yeah? Yeah. I ain't going to give anything away, mate, but yeah. You ain't going to give anything away. What, have you travelled back in time, have you? <laughs> well, inside information, it's called Jack. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to divert from it. Um, okay, well, we're going to take a short break. You're not going to notice it. Um, we're hopefully going to put in a little voiceover of, of the next topic. But, and I'm super excited for this, it's our team of the season, lads. <laughs> Team of the season, it's all going to go horribly wrong. Um, <laughs> I can't wait. So yeah, join us after the break, and we'll uh, we'll get the team of the season sorted. It's now time for team of. The season. Hello and welcome back to the second part of this week's After Extra Time. I am your host, Jacko. I'm joined once again by Greeny. Hello, mate. And I'm again by Jack. Hello. Okay, right. So, I've been super excited for this. You have no idea. Right, we're doing a team of the season. And the reason why I'm quite excited is we have to do it as a stipulation that you can only have one player per club. <laughs> and the reason why I did that was because I didn't want a team full of Man City and Liverpool players because it's just there's no diversity in it. 
Um, one thing I will say, we got an email in Whee. from Phil. So thanks very much, Cheers, Phil, Phil, for sending us an email. He sent us in his and Jess's team of the season. So we've got a 4-4-2 formation. We have Henderson in goal, Alexander-Arnold, Harry Maguire, Tarkowski and Lucas Dinier as the back four. We've got Townsend, Grealish, De Bruyne and Traore. And then Kane and Vardy up top. Shit. Absolute <laughs> shit, Phil. <laughs> there's, there's a couple of question marks there, but the rest of them oh, I don't really have a problem with. Although Grealish, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Phil needs so, education, I think. Bless him. Well, he's a Leicester fan, so what do you expect? Ooh. Sorry, Phil. I love you, really. Right, okay. <laughs> so, I've selected four formations that we can go with. We can go with a 4-3-3, a 3-4-3, a 4-2-3-1, or a 4-4-2. Let's just go straight across 4-4-2, I reckon. I knew you were going to do that, you miserable sod. <laughs> Jesus. Right, okay. I agree. It's just basic, isn't it? Just... Well, I suppose you look at how they've done teams of the week and stuff in the papers they always have 442 alright ok I'll, I'll allow it right um, in goal um, I think we can all agree the sort of main standout goalkeepers that we've had this season are Nick Pope Henderson Edison Allison. yes correct yeah yeah um, I know we had the likes of McCarthy after the break um, and, and a couple of others so out of those four, we'll go with those four. Who are we having? Pope for me. Yeah. And it's Nick Pope for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. That's uh, that's a surprise. Okay. So Nick Pope in goal. So at right back, I, I think we have to be honest. There's only really one person, isn't there? Trent. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. I don't think. I would. Don't think you can look at. I would have had one argument with that if he hadn't got injured. What, Pereira? Yeah. See, I was thinking that as well. But again, because he's injured, yeah. there's not... Uh, do we agree that Alexander-Arnold's probably the best right-back that's been this season? We'll go with that, mate, yeah. He's got yeah. the league, isn't he? So. Yeah. The issue is, we've now used that Liverpool player up. Yeah, I know. This is This is why it's interesting, mate. But yeah, carry on. And it and it and it involves discussion. Okay, so centre backs. Um, I think Laporte would be in there if he hadn't got injured. Uh, I think you have to look at maybe John Egan or Chris Basham from Sheffield United. To be fair, all three of them: Connell, Egan, and Basham. Um, I, I would say, I suppose you could look at Sionchu from Leicester, but then that leaves out Vardy. And I don't think you can really sort of leave out your the the league's top goal scorer. I'd like to say, um, I'd like to say Mac Doctor in there, but he's a right back. Yeah, but he's, <laughs> he's still decent right across the back. Right, no, but we, we've got to go with positions. Are oh, you doing that so, positions here? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Right. I'm not just picking four defenders. <laughs> it's it's a right back, two centre backs, and a left back. That's, that's how four four two well, works. I think Egan gets a shot in there then. Yeah, what about you, Jack? Surprisingly, I'm going to agree with Greeny again. <laughs> well, I, to be fair, Egan was one of my choices. Um, a second centre-back. Oh, God. Um, 
Now you're going to wait me for this, but I've got one, Jacko. But I'll wait till you you're, finish. Well, I was going to say you've got the likes of Maguire, you've got the likes of Lindelof. Now, to be fair, I know I know we broke up, but Lindelof has looked reasonably decent since we come back. Uh, I think he's slowly get, created a partnership with Maguire. Um, Tottenham. Excluding the contracts aside, could you look at the likes of Alderweireld or Vertonghen in there? No, nah. Um, Wolves, you've got Cody. No, nah. Um, Everton, you've got Mina and Keane. No, but, uh, to be fair, I wouldn't touch Everton with a barge pole. <laughs> Newcastle. Well, I, I don't think you can actually pick a Newcastle player because no. I don't think their centre backs have been fit long enough to no. play a season. Um. Villa, you've got Mings. Now I know that I know Villa have just have just about survived, but Mings isn't a bad centre back. He's not, and I do like Mings. But has he been good over the course of the season? He probably, yeah, he probably has to. Be. I, I think he has. Another option, I think, if he hadn't got injured, I'd be more certain of this. Is Nathan Ake? Yeah, maybe maybe this time next year. Yes, yeah, yeah. If he doesn't um, get injured a lot. What what do you make of it, Greeny? Who would you, who was your surprise centre back? <laughs> I'm going to surprise all of my podcast listeners. <laughs> uh, oh God! I'm going to I'm gonna have to agree with Jacko and Jack. It's got to be Taro Mings. <laughs> Brilliant! I, I was going to choose Aki, but the only reason I never is because of his injuries. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. I think if we safely say we rule out players that have been injured for a considerable amount of time. Is that a reasonable assumption? Yeah. The I only mean, other one I was uh, thinking, but then it means that t- Vardy out was again Soyuncu and Johnny Evans. Yeah. But uh, I mate, think Vardy's gonna, got a permanent fixture in this team. Because I'm have to yeah. Agree. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do then. I'll put Vardy in as a striker. Yeah. Because that way you can't. We know he's there. You cannot. You, you can't disregard the league's top goal scorer. <laughs> no. No, you can't. Okay. So we've. Ah, uh, yes. No, we can. Right. So we got a player from Liverpool. We got a player from Leicester. We've got a player from Burnley. We've got a player from Villa. Right, left back. God. Uh, Lord help us. I would... You would... <sighs> yeah. It's a difficult one, isn't it? <sighs> Is Matt Doherty count as a left back? No. You could have Johnny. To be fair, you could have Johnny. Johnny's been a great left back at... Uh, yeah. Left wing back for, for Wolves. Um Shout. I would have said Tierney, but Tierney's been injured a lot. Yeah, he's not played a lot either, really, is he? Could you say Marcus Alonso? No, because he's not good enough to get in the team this season. Um, could you say Luke Shaw? But then that leaves out Man United. No, nah, I'd say he's again. I, I, I think Johnny might not be a bad shout because he's probably been ever present. Um, oh, oh, yeah, we can't use Chilwell because obviously we've got Vardy. Yeah, I would. Um, who else? I mean. Andy Robertson, you've got Trent. So. Yeah, you can't use that. Uh, Spurs, you had Ben Davies. Mm, probably not good enough. Uh, um, uh, right, so Man City. Uh, we could have Mendy or Zinchenko, but I, I think Man City's the obvious one is De Bruyne. Yep. United, you've got Shaw. Chelsea, you've got Marcus Alonso. Tottenham, you've got Ben Davies. Wolves, you've got Johnny. Arsenal, you've got Tierney. Sheffield United can't have because John Egan's in there anyway yeah. um, Southampton you've got Ryan Bertrand I like I like Lucas Dina 
Oh, you're going with Phil. So I'm you just... said Phil's team was shit, but you're agreeing with Dinya. <laughs> they are shit, but not on that one. Okay. Nah. Um, Marvin Dinya, he's not good enough. Jeffrey Schlupp at Palace. Nah. Or Patrick or Patrick Van Harnel at Palace. Nah. I, 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 I'm happy with Johnny personally. I don't know what you boys think, but... Okay. Right, so we've got one for Dinya and one for Johnny, and I've got to make the deciding vote. Surely not Dinya. God. No, I, I'm I'm sorry, Greedy. I'm going to have to go with Johnny for this one. There is one more what stood out to me. Go on, then. And that was uh, Mr. Marcus Alonso. Oh, we've just discussed this, man. Where were you? Sorry, mate. My sp- I can't hear, hardly hear because my speech is... Oh, OK. I, I did say Alonso, yeah. but then I was sort of in an iron about that because I don't think he's been good enough. And then Jack sort of seconded that motion. Yeah, yeah, good shout, yeah. Um, okay, so we'll go with Johnny from Wolves. Or Masuaku, his name is from West Ham. Masuaku from West Ham. Yeah. See, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, definitely not. Purely, Alonso should pure, not going in that team either. Purely for the fact that I don't really want a West Ham player in my team this season. <laughs> <laughs> you can't put Masuaku in or Alonso. Alonso's been absolutely shy. Yes, okay, right, right sided midfielder. Traore. No, we can't have him because we've got Johnny. Oh, fuck. We've shot ourselves in the foot. We have shot ourselves in the foot. Even uh, for a winger as well. I'd have to go, uh, if it were me, Riyad Mahrez. No, but we need the... Right, but we're going to have either David Silva or Kevin De Bruyne in the centre of the field. Are you going to want Mahrez? Yeah, I think we need De Bruyne in there. Uh, winger. Mo Salah. Um, no, we've got Trent. Yeah. I'll tell you what, there's one what sticks out, but you probably won't want it. Is the Watford player, Saar. Maybe. I'll tell you who I was thinking of. Sitch. Who? Pulisic. You're on the right lines. I was thinking Rashford. Yeah. I suppose he's a winger, isn't he? At the minute. Yeah. Um, but the problem is with Pulisic, has he done enough throughout the season, not just the restart? He's been good enough over the restart to cover the back of last season. <laughs> what about Pepe at Arsenal? Nah, not been good enough. Did did play well in the FA Cup final, though. Mm. No, nah, he's not been good enough over the season, I think. Um, right, so Man City, we've got Mares or Sterling. I suppose we could put the right right-sided winger and the left-sided winger as the sort of same sort of players. So you could have Mares or Sterling from Man City. You could have or Bernardo Silva. Man United. You've got Greenwood, Rashford, um, Chelsea. You've got Willian, Pulisic. Willian's not a bad shout, to be fair. I reckon Rashford. Um, Arsenal. You've got Pepe. You've got Aubameyang in there as well, though. Nah, he's got a top mate. Oh, okay. You're not you're not going to have Danny Ings up front with Jamie Vardy. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've forgotten about that. I do like it, yeah. I do like Danny Ings as well. They're both on twenty two as well, aren't they? We could we yeah. I mean, we could do it. So we have Pulisic on the right, Abaming on the left, and Ings up front, and that leaves the two central midfielders. Yeah, no, nah, but Vardy's got to go in there, isn't he? Yeah, no, but that's what I mean. You've got Vardy and Ings up top. Uh... Nah, I think we go Rashford on the right. Yeah. Green, are you, are you happy with that? Yeah, go on, mate. 
I think I, I think so. I think there's not really many better. No. Okay. Um, we'll go across the we'll go across the line. The two central midfielders. De Bruyne is one. Yeah, De Bruyne. Oh well, De Bruyne got injured for a period of time. So no, if we say David. No, De Bruyne's going in. <laughs> I'd have to go for <laughs> Silver. No, De Bruyne's going in. It's two against one. But, Bruyne, yeah, but to be fair, we did say any period of injuries does leave him out. And David this... Silva. <laughs> yeah, I'm with David Silva. No, how is De Bruyne missing out? Sorry, Jack, you're outvoted, bro. David Silver it is. Well done. No, De Bruyne, mate. How many is equal the record amount of assists? It doesn't matter how many games he played. He, he has. Yeah, he has. Yeah, but it's also David Silver's last last uh, season in the Prem. Yeah, but you can't yeah, use there is... that as an excuse to put him in. But he's played class and all, mate. He has, but so has Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, no, I've done it. I've put De Bruyne. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I've gone against me rule, which is annoying. Yeah. Okay. Um, other centre midfielder. God. Now, I, I oh, I'd go with Kante. I'd go with. Uh, well, you can't just put Rashford in. You should have took Rashford out and put Fernandez in that middle. Yeah, but he's good yeah. since he joined. Not all season. Well, no. To be fair, since he joined in January, I think he's got. Eight assists and six goals. It didn't matter when he joined. That De Bruyne was out for half the season, Jack. Yeah, but he was <laughs> I'll take Fernandez over De Bruyne. Right, so we've lost Man United. We've lost Man City. Sorry. So Chelsea, you've got Kante. You've got Cobb. Yeah. You've just missed what Greeny's just said. What? He take Fernandez over De Bruyne. Yeah, it's probably a good job I didn't hear that, really. Yeah, it really is. Um, but, yeah. Why would you take De- Fernandez over De Bruyne? <laughs> I would. I'd take Fernandez over De Bruyne, yeah. I can't make... I've been really reserved up until this moment in time. Why on earth <laughs> would you take Fernandez over De Bruyne? Wait, De Bruyne is a bloody injury-prone prat. <laughs> An injury-prone prat. <laughs> The guy's got the most assists this season. Yeah, mate. He's, jo- he's, he's, he's joined a Premier League record that hasn't been broken for nearly 15 years. Until next season, mate, when Bruno Fernandes plays a full. Hmm. Not sure. Well, you can't have, you can't have him anyway because Rashford's in there. Well, I know the bollocks. <sighs> So's your statement, to be fair. There's the title of the podcast again. No, we've already had that one. What a load of bollocks times two. Yeah. Um, come on, centre midfielder. You've got Kante at Chelsea. Rodri. You've got... No, you can't have him because we've got De Bruyne. Oh, for fuck's sake. We can't have Fabinho. We can't have Henderson because we've got Trent. Oh, I want Ruben Neves. No, because we've got Johnny. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> this, is why, this is why it's good because you have to... Think outside the box of players that have actually done well this year. Does that mean I can't even have Phil, uh, Phil Foden? No, because <laughs> De Bruyne is in. Oh, what part De Bruyne of, off, Jack? What, no. what part of one player per club does does not compute with you? Can we, uh... I've got a random one if you want it. Go on, James Ward Prowse. Yeah, yeah. I rate him over Hoybo, to be fair. Yeah, then again, you, if we want to put Ings in, that kind of takes that option away. Yeah, but we, yeah, but you could put a Bamiyang up top. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to think. There's not going to put Decor- Decoray in there. At Watford. That's not a bad shout, to be fair. I'm trying to think who else. He's been clear. That is, that's not a bad shout. I mean, you could look at Grealish. Yeah. No, we can't because we've got Mings. No. Rice at West Ham. I know I said I wouldn't have one, but Declan Rice. I probably, yeah. Yeah. Possibly. Um, or even Palace. Oh, I know who. Mil- Milivojevic at Palace. He's not attacking enough, Jacko. Well, that's that's according to Jack, isn't it? I'm not getting involved. <laughs> oh, God, here we go again. <laughs> um, Tottenham. Nah. Uh, no. See, for Chelsea, you can't look anywhere outside of Cancer. You can't. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's been that good this season. Though, he hasn't it? played many games. He's been uh, no, well, hold on. He's he's uh, the reason why he hasn't played. I think is either because of the COVID or he's got injured. Yeah, he, he did his hamstring in. Kante played more as a, as his holding role this season under Lampard and looks far better than he did under Sarri. Because Sarri tried to get him as a sort of box to box midfielder and it doesn't work. Kante's a holding midfield player. We saw it at Leicester. So I feel Kante's done better this season. What about Cantwell? Cantwell at Norwich. Has he done enough, though? Nah. Do, um, do like him, but he ain't done enough. Everton. Is there anyone at Everton that stood out this year? No. I like John Joseph. Well, that, well uh, you could have Richarlison as the left side of midfield. Nah, he's good. I like John Joe. Yeah, no, but what I mean is the left winger and you can still have Albert up top. I like John... And then you could have Ward Prowse in the middle. I like John Joe Shelby, but I don't know if he's done enough. He ain't done jack shit, mate. I don't think he's done enough. I like uh, Lacelso from Spurs. Done nothing. Mm. I think go more. He looked, he looked all right after the restart, but I don't think he did a lot before, Anna. Have we got a Wolves player in there? Yeah, we got Johnny. Oh. It's hard to uh, think. I back. have got one one here as well. Is that uh, Suchek from West Ham? I think he's been class. Yeah, but not all season. Yeah, but he's done all right since the restart. I I you, I think you'd have to if you went for a West Ham play, you'd have to go for Rice over Suchek. It's hard to remember before the lockdown. I can't remember what happened before then. Because um, it's been that. Because there's there's no one from Brighton that I can think of that's done anything. No, nah, their midfield's fairly. Yeah. Newcastle, you know, before the before the restart, we had uh, Longstaff at Newcastle. Yeah, they've not been. But then you could look at Almiron. Yeah, sort of a cam, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, I don't think we can go far wrong with Ward Prowse, really. Okay, so we're going to go with Ward Prowse. Jack all either. Huh? Yeah, didn't that much either. Oh, he's ever present, mate. He's a good little player in there. He's I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he's had a better season than uh, Decore. He's not really done a lot either, though, has he? No, no Decore has. Well, let's have a look. But let's let's sort of try and put. And he got relegated. Yeah, but that's a team, he, not a player. Yeah. an individual though. Still got relegated, mate. Don't matter. He <laughs> does. Of course, it don't. Well, no, but you, you have to look at what. He's done throughout the season. Um, if he's got good, if, if he's done a lot for in the season, regardless of if he's gone down or not. Yeah, fair play. Jack. You have to sort of. Wait, Jack's going on. If Bardi were top goal scorer in the league, unless he got relegated, he's had a poor season. 
I didn't say that, did I? Well, that's what you were, that's what you were aiming at. Well, so I'm just saying, Decore got, got four goals this season. Ward Prowse got five. Um, assists. Assists, he got. Oh, I didn't say. He's just gone on goals. Um, let me have a look. James. It's hard to, like I say, it's hard to judge, isn't it? Because I can't mm. even remember before the lockdown, like the start of the season, no. I can't even remember. I like struggling to recall it. Uh, uh, all seasons, uh, 1920, that's one. Right, he's got five goals and three assists, which isn't overly exciting, <laughs> is it? No, it's not great, actually. You'd get the assist makers up on the on the old Google and that his name's up there. Oh, on, I've got the Premier League page. Want to find stats. We need someone that can someone out of a team who we've not picked. Ideally, well, th- this is why I've gone for Kante. Yeah, it might not be a bad thing. But then it kind of goes against what you said about injuries again. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Um... I'm just, I can't really think of any. There's so many obvious ones like Henderson and De Bruyne and stuff like that. But yeah, there is. Yeah. Everyone else has been pretty quiet in terms of stuff, I think, really. So it's. I suppose you've got Andre Gomez at Everton. At Everton. Not really done a lot, though, has he? Really? Stuart Armstrong at Southampton. He's done a lot more than more Prowse this year. Has he? What, stats wise? Oh, maybe not. We're struggling there. Yeah, we are. has got four goals, six assists and nine yellow cards. Armstrong's got eight goals and five assists. <laughs> Might be worth putting him in then, but he's not really done that much, has he? No. Who's top Who's who's top of the assist list, really? Or Well, De Bruyne. Anyone else that's not been in a team that we've mentioned? Can't think of anyone that's... All the teams that we've mentioned are sort of. Yeah. I mean, if we're going off stats, then we might as well just bring up the top fucking four, 11 top best stats. Yeah, but the issue with that is they're probably massively Man City and Liverpool players, aren't they? Yeah, that, and that's what I wanted to sort of avoid. Yeah, I think if you had to do a team of the year, you you, you struggle to have not a full Man City. And okay, so you've got. De Bruyne, Alexander Arnold, Mares, Son, Robertson, David Silva, Harvey Barnes at Leicester, uh, Mo Salah, Sadio Mane, Willian at Chelsea. And, um, you could have Buendia at Norwich, but he's only got seven assists. I literally, we're struggling there, big time. <laughs> Yeah, midfielders. Let's put both down and let's get the public to pick on the uh, After Extra Time Live Facebook. What, the okay. Decoray Award Press? Decoray Award Press. Get a vote. Get a vote on the old Facebook page, see what people say. Yeah. 
they'll probably disagree with us completely. Yeah, right. Um, left side of midfield. I'm thinking Son. See, I don't disagree with that. Greeny, what do you reckon? Left side of midfielder. What did you say, mate? I fancy Son, Son from Spurs. Oh, yeah, good shout, yeah. He's got 11 goals and 13 assists. Yeah, we'll take that. And he sort of plays left side now, doesn't he? So He does play left side, yeah. Okay, so the other striker going up front with Vardy, are we saying that's a Bamiyan? Yeah, I think so. Don, Donny just... Ings. Well, if Ward Prowse is in there, then no. <laughs> There's our decision then. Decore in the middle, Danny Ings up top. <laughs> but Bami... really, would you say that a Bamiyan shouldn't be in that side? Let's say, who surprised you more this season, a Bamiyan or Danny Ings? Yeah, but a team of the year isn't about this oh. anymore, is it? It's... No, but you do have to. The thing is, we do have to look at the stats. Well, who's? I think we have to pick who's got more assists and go on the flat one. Obviously, the goals is the same, isn't it? And I'm right. I, I, I bet Bamiyan got five assists. Ings got two. Yeah, see, I have to go with Bamiyan, but if it was criminal to either one of them, out really. Yeah, it does. But which is well, we could do, we could do that as a poll as well, or we could tell you what we could do. We could we could change formation and play four three three. Chuck Decore and Ward Prowse out. Play De Bruyne, Son, Rashford, and then go Abemyang, Ings, and um, Vardy. No, then we've got to shuffle it. No, we haven't got to shuffle it. Just put it put it down to the public. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to agree with Greeny on this. But we'll do it for both striker and um, midfielder. Because let's let's midfielder. get a bit of interaction with these listeners as well. Yeah, let's yeah, that's a good shout. Jesus, he's made a good idea. He's been alright tonight, he's been fairly I know reserved. that's what worries me. That is what worries me. It's all it's that full belly of his. <laughs> yeah. It's made him reasonable. <laughs> Don't worry, lads. It's always next week when Green is the host. Yeah. Okay. So, now that we've almost sorted that out, and I say almost because we can't agree on anything, um, the last little bit is a bit of transfer gossip. Um, who to start off with? Greeny. Yes, mate. Um, Manchester United mm-hmm. have been approached by Juventus for Chris Smalling. Yeah. And as part of the deal, mm-hmm. they are prepared to send their right-sided midfielder, Bernadeschi, over. Yeah. What do you make of that? Uh, it's a bit of a weird one, mate. I mean, they ain't going to use Smalling, I wouldn't have thought. It's probably the end of his Man United career. I'd probably just go with a cash. And I, I don't think I'd want that Bernadeschi. Yeah. I've, they've got too um, many attacking options as it is. I don't think they need any more. Fair enough. Um, what do you make of it, Jack? Same sort of thing? Take the money and run? Yeah, I think Smalling's career United's done. I think that Benetsky's pretty... I think like he's uh, pretty average. I don't think he'd get him in the United squad, to be honest. So possibly Smalling and, and like you said... Not if you've got Greenwood ahead of him, no. Exactly. You know, um, Greenwood's, yeah, take the money. And, uh, and I think that Benetsky's like 31, 32 as well, so... 
I don't think he was that old, but I, I, I certainly do feel he's not good enough to be yeah. ahead of certain main United players. That's the main thing. Um, Jack, Palace are looking at Ishmael Saar. Um, I'm glad I mentioned, or glad Greeny mentioned it because I had this as part of my transfer gossip. Um, Palace are looking at Saar to replace Zaha if Zaha goes for the £40 million price tag that they've put over him. Is that a good move or do you think that they're just trying to find someone similar to Zaha? I think so. Yeah, I think that's a good move. Um, yeah. Passion on Zaha. Like you say, he's not been... Uh, don't get me wrong, he's a good player, but he's not been... He's not been as effective as he normally is this season. Exactly, yeah. He's not been he's not been putting the goals in. He's not been setting goals up, so maybe cash in. You know, and he does want to go as well, I think. Yeah, so. there you go. Exactly. It'd be a, a good move for all parties. I think Saar, too good for the championship by far. Um, mm. Can he can he move to Palace and can he can he be their sort of main man? Can he produce what he was doing at Watford and consistently do it in the Premier League? Um, it'd be, I think I think it'd be a good move for Palace. I think he's a uh, he's a creative player. He's a good player. You've, you've seen that in probably not as consistently as you like at Watford, but I think he's shown that he's more than capable of playing in the Premier League. Um, one for you, Greeny. Yeah. Apparently, Spurs are interested in making an offer for Troy Deeney. <laughs> now, I'm I don't mind that, mm. but. They, he would have to sit there and realise he's not going to get ahead of Harry Kane. Yeah. Is that a good move for Troy Dean? Mm, I wouldn't say, mate. No. He's going to be a, no. he's going to be a bench warmer because you got to look. You got you got Son who can play up there, Mora who can play up there, Kane who's up there. Are they better players than Deeney? Yes. Could Deeney go in another squad and get first team football? Yes. I would probably say it weren't great. That ain't a great move, mate. No. What about you, Jack? What do you make of it? Silly move. <laughs> it really is. I, I don't get me wrong, I like Dini, but he, he's not getting in that, in that Spurs team and behind a lot of players. So, um, um, I just I just can't see that being a good move, especially, if, I mean, it might be a good move for Watford for the money, but for Spurs. Yeah, but are they going to get a lot for Dini? Probably not. Or is Dini out of contract this summer? Well, probably not a good move then. I just, I think if Dini wants to carry on playing football, then he's, I, I can't see that being um, a positive move for him. He's no. not going to play much football at the time. Okay. Uh, last one um, for you, Jack. Chelsea are looking at Nick Pope. Now, I I think that's not a bad move, but my question is that Pope's 29. Is that... I know it's a no-brainer with how Kepa's been this season. Do you think they should be looking at elsewhere or do you think Pope's a good fit for Chelsea? Yeah, I, I think that's a good move. I think I don't think twenty nine is the issue really. I think as, as I've spoken about before, their goalkeepers only get better as they get older. Really, um, he's still relatively young in terms of being a goalkeeper. Um, I think he'd do a good job at Chelsea. I think the only issue with Nick Pope is he's not the best goalkeeper with his feet passing out and stuff. No, but he has got good long range distribution. Though. Yeah, and. And that would help with the likes of Werner and Ziyech and Pulisic going forward. Yeah, I, I can't. There's not really many negatives there for me as a move. Like I say, I think I touched on it last week, week before that they were looking at Henderson as well. Um, I think both of them would be very good goalkeepers to replace Kepa. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can't see many many things wrong with that 
transfer at all. I think if Chelsea got him, that'd be a very good signing. And uh, I think Pope would potentially have a long career at Chelsea, and that might even help him in regards to the England squad. Yeah, maybe. Um, what would you make of that, Greeny? I think he's gone again. Greeny? He's just put in the chat that he's gone. Uh, right, okay. Um, just quickly then, uh, we'll wrap it up now. Um, I don't know if you saw, Jack, Harrogate won promotion to League Two. I did, mate. As I was sat in the pub earlier, it came through and we actually spoke about it. Um, I think it's a, a nice little story. They, they only sort of went uh, a professional status sort of three years ago. They got one promotion to the National League that season. Um, a bit of a fairy tale story, don't you think? Completely, mate. We, we said it at the pub and I, I can actually believe that they were um, that they were getting promoted to the Football League. But yeah, like you say, it's, it's a massive fairy tale sort of story. I think I read it for the yeah. first time they've been in the, the Football League for, in their 106 year yeah. history. So yeah, that'd be that's fantastic for them, fantastic for the club. It's just a shame that probably not going to get their fans in um, when the season resumes. But I think for them, it's massive, and I think it shows that if you if you're just starting out as a club, there's if you get the right sort of foundations laid and can can try and get the right sort of players, and not not yeah. pump loads of money in, but pump a bit of money in, you you can end up being a club like Harrogate, and it'd be really interesting to see whether or not they can stay in League Two next season. I should imagine it'd be a real test for them, but it's fantastic to see a club like that in the football league. Yeah, definitely. Um... Greeny's just put in our chat that Ivanovic is on his way to Everton. As in Bratislava Ivanovic to play for Chelsea? As in, yes, yeah. That's a strange one. <laughs> I'm surprised Ivanovic is still going. Um, I think he's 36 now. Maybe one more stint in the Premier League, another year or two, max. Is it a case where he, his legs may not be able to deal with it, though? Yeah. Especially with how pacey some of them are. Yeah, there is that. You know, you looked at Aspilicueta struggling um, against the Bemiang, and you're going to think Ivanovic is nearly 40 and he's going to be playing against, you know. And obviously, he's been playing in Russia as well, and there's probably a lot, yeah. not as high a standard as it is back in the UK or well, back in England. And uh, Yeah, the pace probably isn't the same. Exactly. Will he be able to keep up that sort of pace at that age? And. Um, We'll have to wait and see, but I'm sure Everton could do better than that, especially with Ancelotti being a, being a gaffer as well. Okay. Well, that's that's it from us this week. Um, thank you very much for listening. I've thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Um, I don't know about my other two cohorts, but I, I really have enjoyed this one. It's been good. Um, for those of you that are listening, we will be back in your faces on Thursday night um, where we will be putting a bit of debate in about the team of the season. We need some help because we just can't decide. Um, I have been your host Jacko for this week. Um, the next week's uh, host Greeny has decided to go early because he's obviously finished his Nando's and needs something else to do. Um, thank you again, Jack, for your company. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. No, thank you, Jacko. You posted it perfectly as per. And uh, we shall see you all in a few in a few days. Cheers. Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.